What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald. Gets to talk some ball with us here in Nebraska football. The offseason that uh, never ends, <laughs> keeps cranking up. Can find Evan on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Evan, the, this has been fiercely debated since... About 8 o'clock last night, the uh, Donnie Raiola decision. Uh, no official release as we talk by the university, but uh, uh, media reports out there indicate that that is going to be the O-line pick. Uh, the one guy from the Frost st- staff that gets retained. Uh, reaction to, to Donnie uh, back in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised uh, and we reported that here this morning too to, to confirm but it was uh you know of all the the assistants that had been on staff um that was one that i i really thought that they would go in a different direction and and you know to donovan Rilla's credit um he he stuck the interviews that he he had with uh with marcus satterfield and matt rule and um was able to continue on as Nebraska's coach, um, you know, I, I think it, 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 one of the discussion points that it kind of stirs in me is this idea of how do you really uh, gauge the value of an assistant, especially after just one year where it's, you know, clearly when Scott Frost hired rail, he saw something in him and, and clearly Matt rule saw something in him to retain him. And so what we see on the outside, which was, you know, a struggling offensive line and, and things of that nature, you just, you wonder how much of that really plays into this thing. Um, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have much of a, a track record in terms of a recruiter. He was with a division three school. I believe it was for a short time, had a stint in the NFL uh, and then jumped into this position at Nebraska. So we'll see how it plays out in that regard. And the other thing that stands out to me with this is when you look at Matt rule and his decade as a head coach, this sort of hire actually falls in line with what he's done elsewhere, where, where a number of different player, different uh, assistants that he's hired over time have come from maybe minor NFL backgrounds or they were maybe directors of player personnel or, or things behind the scenes, and they became assistant coaches. And he's actually had some success with guys like that, guys like Elijah Robinson, who's the DL, uh, D-line coach at, at Texas A&M, or, or Fran Brown, who's now a DB's coach at Georgia. I mean, these were guys that Matt Rule gave a chance to when the resumes said, eh, you know, maybe. Um, so I think that's interesting. And you look at his current crop of assistants, that we know of right now, a lot of guys in their mid thirties, Rayola, uh, I think turns 40 here this week. So he falls into that line too. But I, I think clearly when you look at the big picture, uh, Matt rule has a vision for the kinds of assistance that he wants to retain and keep on staff. 
And uh, through some of those traits, uh, Donovan Rola has clearly shown those, and now he's going to stick with the Huskers moving forward. Evan Bland's with us here at Tail Varsity Radio. And Evan, before we get back into to what this retention of, of Donovan Rola means, can we quickly spend some time on John Garrison? That was a weird 15-minute report last night. John Garrison's going to be the next offensive line coach at Nebraska. What was up with that? Do you know? <laughs> well, I mean... T- when a, when a leak like that comes out, I think that was Football Scoop who put that out. Uh, you know, they're really well connected with agents, especially. So maybe there was a miscommunication there. Maybe it was John Garrison himself who thought uh, he, he had an in to something there. But it's it was weird because typically those guys are pretty plugged in to that level of the industry. And so for them to backtrack quickly um, – was odd. There's no doubt about it. And, and you know, Gar- I think that was another layer to this thing is, uh, you know, fans know who John Garrison is. He's he's been a Nebraska assistant before, and so I, I think by by most measures, he's considered to have a pretty good tenure here when he was here previously. So maybe that added a little bit to the the public angst uh, of, of keeping Raiola uh, when when you think that Garrison could have been in play. So I don't know if, if Garrison wanted to be here. Uh, if he thought he would be here, you know, what the particulars were at that point. Um, but, you know, again, it didn't turn out that way. And, and I think when you look at what Rule has done with, with offensive line coaches in the past, he's kind of cycled through a number of them. Um, he's had, you know, a guy here for two years and, and a guy there for one year um, before they move on, different things like that. So uh, having a name guy I know was something a lot of fans were looking for. And they got a guy that, whose name they know. It just uh, turned out to be different than maybe what they expected. Evan Bland with us. I look at Garrison's path, right? And and he and Barney Cotton not only recruited some, some good linemen, but guys that went on to the next level. Some are still playing. Some are retired. Reached out to a handful of those guys last night. And it was news to them about John Garrison. It was a wish list item. And, and I just wonder if he's in line for a co-coordinator as well as a position coach, right? Because he's done really well at NC State, and Mm -hmm. he's produced award winners. He's produced NFL guys. When he was in Lincoln, he was responsible being a Blue Blue Springs, Missouri kid. He did a wonderful job of recruiting the Kansas City area. So uh, that 500-mile radius region, he was wonderful with for, for Nebraska and Bo. You fast forward to, to being in Carolina now, you wonder with Beck moving on if there's a potential for him to either get a bump or some upward mobility as far as responsibility. And I, I, I believe that Raiola wasn't a, a first choice probably for Rule, but I think as hands-on as Rule can be with the offensive line, I think this is a perfect opportunity to, to mold – Raiola with what type of offensive line play Rule wants. I don't think we really know, do you, uh, Evan, just what Nebraska has in the offensive line because they haven't been full strength under Raiola. Oh, right. I mean, it's, it's hard to evaluate what he – what his what Raiola's performance was because, yeah, you had a guy who was suspended last year. You had, uh, you know, multiple injuries crop up with guys like Prohaska and – and so it's tough to, you know, how much of that do you put on the coach? I don't know. Um, but, again, there's so much more to it than I think what we even see just on, on game days. Um, you know, the the Royola thing is interesting, too. I think maybe 
it'll make more sense as we go along and the rest of the staff is assembled because when you think you know you think about last year when Nebraska was looking for an offensive line coach uh, and they went through a couple options and I think it was safe to say that Rayola was not the number one choice at that time but he was the number one choice uh, in, in terms of the, the money that they had available for an assistant and so you wonder with this pool of, of $7 million now for assistant coaches that Nebraska has, which is awfully competitive nationally, uh, you know, how does that thing get divvied up? Because like I said earlier, you look at some of these assistants and you've got a lot of guys in their thirties. Um, you know, there aren't many exceptions to that. Ed Foley's been around for a while. Um, you know, Satterfield, I think is in his mid forties and has experience, but a lot of these guys you would think would be on the lower end of some of the, the pay scales, relatively speaking, you know, 400,000, 500,000. I think Raiola makes somewhere in that range right now. And so depending on how the rest of this thing shakes out, maybe there'll be more light shed on that. You know, there's still no defensive coordinator and a guy named Jim Leonard just became available. Uh, who's leaving Wisconsin. That's a guy who could command a million bucks or more. You know, that's, that's not unheard of in the big 10 anymore. So uh, you know, does does hiring somebody uh, at a relative bargain allow you to go out and bring in a, a more high-profile assistant somewhere else that Matt Rule also trusts? So we'll see how all that plays out. But, you know, I, I think the other thing that's a little bit different about this pattern, too, is he Rayola has not had a connection with Matt Rule. You know, everybody else has worked with him at the Panthers or had run-ins with him at Temple or wherever else, uh, that's not the case with Raiola. So uh, it's going to be a really fascinating decision, I think, to to evaluate in the coming years, and we'll see um, you know, if Matt Rule's eye for coaching talent is as good as what his eye has been elsewhere in terms of prospecting. You nailed it with the, the eye for coaching talent. Another box that is checked with Raiola. Uh, is is the connection to Jim Leonard, uh, and also you want guys that either coached in or played in the Big Ten. Uh, Donnie Raiola is one of those guys with his time at Wisconsin. Last thought here on on just the the jury part of of Raiola, and for me, it's the jury's out. And, and I know the old line wasn't great. Uh, specifically when they had to run the football. That's been a Nebraska problem for a long time. How much of that is emphasis on the run technique, or did he have a fighting shot at all? Was it knife and gunfight type deal because of his offensive coordinator and Whipple wanting to, to chuck the football all the time? I don't know that that dynamic or that match was was a great fit with philosophy, right? Uh, Raiola seems to be a guy that wants to pound the football or was brought in to pound the football, and there's old Whip wanting to throw the football on empty, right, on fourth, fourth <laughs> and short. So difference in philosophy, maybe that was not a great fit from the get-go. Maybe. I mean, the, the whole idea of complimentary football sort of eluded Nebraska and has eluded Nebraska for a while. Um, so, I mean, if you're a great O-line coach, like you said, and your offensive coordinator wants to throw the ball – and uh, you know your your offense is, gets out possessed by 15 minutes a game. Um, it is. It's tough to to sort of uh, evaluate that. And you know, offensive line more than most positions. Most likely, if you're Nebraska or any major school, you're not going into the transfer portal and bringing in impact offensive linemen. There just aren't that many of them. You can rebuild quickly at, at receiver. You can bring in a quarterback, uh, defensive back. You can find speed. 
But if you find a quality O lineman in the portal, they're going to get they're going to be getting thirty or forty offers. That's just how the market has been. And so, you know, the the real mark of an O line coach right now is not just bringing in talent, but then being able to develop and and mold that talent. And obviously, in in one year, you're not able to evaluate any of that, um, at least from that O line perspective. So, you know. If, you, if he's if he's being asked to run block more, if there's more of an emphasis on possessing the football and winning in, in ways that Iowa's and, and the Minnesotas of the world do, then you're probably looking a little bit better. Um, but you know, again, it's just it's so hard to evaluate one position, especially offensive line, when you have one year you had a, a mishmash of philosophies on that staff last season. It's going to be a lot more aligned moving forward, and so. You know, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. One thing I'll say about Matt Rule so far is the moves that they've made, he's made with conviction. I mean, not uh, the Mickey Joseph decision was out of his hands, obviously, but you bring you retain Riola. Your first commit is a zero star receiver who has speed. I mean, that's a that's coming from a coach who has conviction for what he wants to do and what he believes in, and so it's going to be really fascinating to watch it play out. Well, it should be noted, Evan, that as of today, Bryce Turner got bumped from a zero star to a three star. So reading that, what you will get in the Nebraska uh, offer, rankings. you're up to a three. But back, back to the offensive line, Evan, with as much as as Matt Rule emphasized in his press conference and in previous years, lines of scrimmage. Do you, do you think that Matt Rule might be a little bit more hands on with the offensive line under Donovan Ryle than, than most head coaches might be? Uh, yeah, I think that's certainly possible. I think he's more hands-on with a lot of his coaches. Um, you know, I'm working on a piece for this weekend, uh, having sort of listened to a number of his assistants at previous stops, kind of talk about their relationship with with Matt Rule. And, you know, he's a guy who absolutely pours into the guys who are under him. And that's not to say that he micromanages or whatever, but he doesn't also just sort of leave them to do their own thing. Like, there's very much of a, an interaction um, an interactive, I suppose, component to what to what they do, and so yeah, I think he likes having younger coaches. He likes the energy. Um, you know, he likes guys who are who are themselves moldable and willing to uh, adjust and and, and learn and, and try different things. And so, you know, again, Raul is relatively young in this industry. He's, he's just turning forty. Uh, not a ton of college football experience as a coach somebody who who is not set in his ways or or has an established way of doing things so it'll be interesting and yeah i think whether that's uh, rule pouring into rayola or that's rule uh you know coming in and, and and being more direct with some of the players i think that position will get more attention uh than it maybe it has in nebraska in, in the recent past evan real quick do you think leonard could land at Purdue, or do you think uh, there's a better shot he could land in Lincoln, or, or are you taking the field? That's a great question. I mean, how about him coming out and, and breaking his own news after there had been reports that he was staying on at Wisconsin? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, when a guy like that becomes available, the knee-jerk reaction to the first thing you think of is, okay, where is he from, and can he sort of migrate back that way? Well, he's leaving where he was from. And so uh, I, I would be curious to know if he – is motivated to stay in the Big Ten and would want to face his alma mater on a year-in, year-out basis, or if he would rather go uh, elsewhere. But, I mean, he's a Big Ten guy. It would make a lot of sense. Um, 
you know, if he were to be the, become the Purdue head coach, man, that would be a big change from Jeff Brom yeah. uh, as, as one of the big offensive masterminds in the sport to a guy who who's you know one of the, the leading defensive guys. And I think it's possible too that you could see him end up in the NFL down the road. I mean, the Green Bay Packers came after him a couple years ago, if you recall, and. So maybe he kind of figures now's the time to jump to the next level, too. So I think I would probably take the field at this point on his next destination. But if you're Nebraska, man, I mean, you've got some money to work with. Again, uh, multiple Big Ten coordinators are making north of seven figures at this point. Uh, Put an offer out there. Make him say no. And as we've learned over the years, uh, sometimes you don't know what guys are thinking. You have to go out there, make the offer, and then let them decide, and we'll see what happens. Evan Bland with us. Evan, take care. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys.